0: Welcome to yet another episode of Cowgirls and Indians. I am your cowgirl, Christina Cook, and I'm the Indian, Keith Olmos. and we are your spirit guides. No, we're not your spirit guides. Yeah. <laughs> we, we joked about that last time. We are your guides to the leftist progressive agenda, and we're, yes, right, Keith. We're we're trying to trying to unpack some of these things. Sometimes we unpack it in the more right leaning side of the aisle as well, um, like we did on the last episode, <laughs> which was an interesting episode. But uh, yeah, today we're going to talk about something that I think is going to keep us on the left side of the aisle. <laughs> Probably. I sure as hell hope so anyway, <laughs> although we may. There's a couple different ways that I think this might go. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how this conversation evolves. Today's subject is social credit system, the, specifically like China's social credit system. And the question for today, has China's social credit system reached the U.S., which I think is going to be an interesting, interesting topic to tackle, because there's been a lot of stuff, Keith, over the last few years that certainly look exactly like what the Chinese have done to their populace, don't you? In some ways, yes. In some ways, vaccine yeah. passports ring any bells, yeah, yeah, well. that kind of bullshit. Yeah. So as we do with everything, let's let's define what we're talking about when we're talking about a social credit system. Okay. Do you have I'm pretty familiar
1: with what China's doing.
0: Okay. I
1: I mean basically if you do what the government wants you to do, you get points. If you don't do what the government wants you to do, you get points deducted. Right. And they keep a score. And what your score is determines what you are able to do in society. Right. Not just things like what job you get or where you can live, but can you get on a train? Right. Really simple, basic things that right. if your social credit score is low enough, if you're enough of a dissident in China, they limit your ability to have a life whatsoever. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's really what it is. And if you do what the government wants, boy, you have all kinds of opportunities to go do things.
0: You sure are. You're yeah. you good. So it's 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 like your financial credit score in the U.S. in in, in some ways. But it's based on more than just your finances. Yes, yeah, much like more that. comprehensive. It's it's more it's, you know, about if you speak out on social media, you know, their their version of social media, which is not the same as our version of social media. If you speak out on that, if you get, you know, caught distributing literature. Or read the wrong book. You read the wrong book, you talk to the wrong people, you have relatives who are doing all this crap, that, that decreases your credit score You worship well. not
1: just the wrong God, you just worship
0: any God. Right, it is communist country, so all that is uh, absolutely verboten. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically your credit score writ large over every single freaking aspect of your life. Right. So it's a terrifying thing. It it really is, and I think it it ties into some really basic. Besides the obvious basic needs of of needing access to money, you know, to like buy groceries and stuff like right. that, and and you know, being able to get on a train so you can go to work, you know, or yep. or you know, things like that. Besides those basic things, it's also playing on some psychological factors of belonging to the group and not being excluded from the group. The way that they state in uh, yeah, how
1: do you like to say hey? Chris, you want to go to the concert with us tonight? And you have to say, I can't. I don't have the social credit score. Exactly. And no, that's exactly. exactly
0: it. So the way that, that it's phrased in, um, in the media, the ultimate goal is to, quote, allow the trustworthy, keep that word in mind, allow the trustworthy to roam everywhere under heaven while making it hard for the discredited to take a single step. Yes. Quote aims to punish transgressions that can include membership in or support for uh, the Falun Gong or Tibetan Buddhism, failure to pay debts, excessive video gambling, criticizing the government, late payments, failing to sweep the sidewalk in front of your store or yeah. house, um, smoking or playing loud music on trains, jaywalking, other actions deemed illegal or unacceptable by the Chinese government. Yeah. So, so that's the way that it's, it's implemented in China. And like you were saying, it it affects every aspect of your life, from what job you can get, who you can marry, you know, all that kind of stuff. Where where your apartment is, if you can get an apartment,
1: yeah. What what transportation you could use, or if you could use any,
0: right? Yeah. Um, you know, you can't get on a plane, can't get on a train if your if your score is too low. It also affects what order you're seen in at the hospital. If you go into the hospital and your social credit score is too low, you're going to sit for a long t- longer time than somebody who is has a higher credit score, and then. The other more insidious part of this, and I think the part that's, that's so frightening, is that uh, anybody can check anybody's Chinese credit score online. Okay, so you can, you can look at anybody's credit score. <laughs> it's, like, it's like worse than being able to run a background check. I think that's horrible. And then it nudges people to dis- disconnect from friends and acquaintances who significantly draw down your own credit score because you're related to them or you talk to them or right. you're in any way associated with them. My credit score would be zero.
1: If I moved like, <laughs> I know the feeling. Yeah. So this guy's living under the bridge. Nobody <laughs> will talk to him.
0: We laugh about it, but this is terrifying. No, it's, mean, it is yeah. really terrifying. It is. So so the question then is: is this coming to the US? Is this something that is going to become a feature of American daily life. I think there's a lot of people would like for that to happen. I think there are. Um, I think there are a lot of people who believe that it is already happening. And I'm probably one of those. Um, so why do you, why do you say that then? Uh, let's just start there. Why do you say that there are a lot of people who would like for that to happen? Because oh,
1: a lot of people think they have the vision of how society
0: should operate and they want they needs to inflict that vision upon others. Bingo. Yeah. Right. So I don't know how much of my story to give away. <laughs> At this point, I started researching this because I want to include this as a feature in a script that I'm writing. I'm right. working on a movie script. And I started thinking about what the United States is going to look like in 2048. Okay. Not that long from now, 25 years from now. Okay. Based on the events in the U S over the past three or four years, for sure events in Canada. Um, so in the U S obviously I'm talking about, you know, stuff like with the vaccine, vaccine right. passports that you had to have papers to go anywhere. I have a huge problem with that, had a huge problem with that, still have a huge problem with that, had to wear your little mask and you know your face diaper and all that kind of stuff. And and we all know that COVID in 2020 was just a rehearsal for something else that's coming down the line. So they really enjoyed having that kind of power over us, they being the leftist oh, progressives. Oh,
1: any number of people. And there were any number of people that considered a virtue to submit to that power.
0: Oh, such a virtue, yes. Oh my gosh, such a virtue. They were the, and that's that's another aspect that I'm sure that we'll get into in this conversation is 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 the the pressuring from colleagues, from friends, neighbors, Karens who live, and and I'm, anybody who's listening who's actually named Karen, I apologize. It's just a saying at this point, <laughs> but you know who I'm talking about, yeah. right? You know, and so they they just love to do that. Then in Canada, the truckers who were protesting the vaccine mandate all got debanked they they, they
1: yes took away yes. their
0: ability to have money yes that's terrifying in canada
1: canada they yeah. didn't
0: even apologize they apologized for everything they didn't yeah, even apologize. i don't think you really
1: considered canada to be a free country anymore i don't think so no
0: i don't think so i think it could be if they got rid of trudeau maybe i think that that would be a much much better situation but you know, anytime you elect Fidel Castro's son or love child to <laughs> national office, you're going to have problems. I think that that's a granted uh, a given, but so they did that there, you know, stuff that they've done in Europe, especially as part of the, as part of COVID, but, you know, just, I mean, draconian measures, keeping people indoors and telling them when they can and can't travel and who they can buy from. And, you know, if they can have businesses or not, of course that happened here. You know, if you didn't, if you didn't obey every single one of their little dictates over I don't want to call it an imaginary pandemic because it, it wasn't imaginary. There were people who died. There were right. it, it you know, I mean it was it was an illness, but it was not worthy of what happened. What happened was they used the pandemic in order to try out all of these new social systems. Now now my conspiracy theory stuff is coming out, so you're going to look at me funny. But I, I believe that this was an opportunity for them to try out all these social systems and see if they worked, and they did. Yeah, well, Gorsuch,
1: Supreme Court justice, recently mm-hmm. wrote in a decision that the COVID reaction was the greatest peacetime violation of civil rights in American history. I don't think he's wrong. No, no he's absolutely correct. <laughs> yes. right? I don't think there's, yeah, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt he, he is correct. Sadly, or joyfully, depending on how you look at it, <laughs> It affected my life next to zero. Right, right. I mean, the only difference was I would go to my favorite place to get beer instead of drinking the beer there. I got it to go.
0: Right, that was it. But who decided that liquor stores and and beer joints were okay, and you know, uh, your your local sewing shop was not? You yeah. know? I know. I and just to be clear,
1: I engaged in a lot of black market activity. <laughs> Right. There were people I know providing services and owning businesses who would continue to do those things in defiance of government edict. Yes. Right. So there were places I went and had a beer when they were supposed to be closed. Yes. I fully engaged in the black market haircut market (laughs) and uh, all all that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, yeah. People were, yeah. Cutting hair in their backyards because, Um, you know, shut down all
0: the places you get your haircut. cut. My, my yeah. hairdresser. This is actually a really funny story. My my hairdresser. So I had been in quarantine, I think, three weeks or something like that. And and uh, I was way overdue for a haircut. So my hairdresser said, why don't you just come over to my place and we'll just we'll just do it. I had to actually lay on her kitchen counter for her to wash my hair. <laughs> 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 but I got my haircut. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody-
1: because people hear this, they don't necessarily know we look like. I have a beard. I haven't shaved since August of 1982. Okay. Right? It's been more than 40 years since I've shaved. (laughs) And so, yeah, it didn't take long for me to look like I was a ZZ top. (laughs) And, uh, that's right. I got started getting told I, I looked like I had to be walking around the forest with a dead animal on top of my head. <laughs> and so I, I only got the black market haircut. And okay. Beard trim and,
0: <laughs> and see, in China, if you did that, they'd notice. <laughs> they'd notice that your beard was shorter and... Uh,
1: yeah, they would dock my credit score. They would dock
0: your credit score. They would absolutely dock your credit score. Okay. <laughs> but that is... Exactly how China has run this stuff, and that's exactly what happened to us during the pandemic. I believe, with every single cell of my being, that it wasn't. We haven't seen the end of that. That is all coming back in one way or another. In one way or another. Now, whether it's whether it's vaccine passports and that kind of bullshit, I don't know. But yeah, so I'll tell you why I doubt that. Okay,
1: because people would be right now. So it kind of gradually came upon us, right? It Uh. it was kind of gradual, right? I mean, I, okay. Okay. No, 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 no. I, I remember I did a radio interview uh-huh. when the COVID thing started. Right. And Trump shut the economy down the first time, shut the country down. Right. right so right. I emergency executive order.
0: Two weeks to slow the spread. Th- yeah,
1: Exactly. And I said on the radio, I mean, OK, if this is only two weeks, it's not a big deal. Right. Right. Two weeks. Everybody stays home after two weeks. Hopefully, you know who's sick, who isn't. Well, that's not how it worked. Three two weeks later. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It just went on and on and on. And right. so, yeah, it stuck up on us, right? You know, you have a pandemic, you want to shut things down for two weeks, so you figure out who's sick. That That's a crude instrument, but it can be kind of effective, but that's not what they did. No. They kept it shut down and shut down and shut down and shut down. And I was literally up
0: there in a the forest around a campfire
1: for yeah. most of it.
0: I lucky you. And yeah, lucky I mean, just- you. I wasn't allowed to do laundry because the laundry was actually not inside my apartment. Oh. My. And so I couldn't do laundry for 3 weeks. Yeah. I finally snuck out and just freaking did it. You know, I I was I was having groceries and booze, quite a bit of booze actually. <laughs> I I don't think I'm the only one. Delivered no. to, to my apartment. You know, I mean, it was and I watched all of Joe, the tiger guy, whatever that was. Um, Oh,
1: yes. (laughs) Yes. And we should have known right then the direction the country
0: was headed. Yes. Yes. That was a key indicator we missed. We we should have. (laughs) We should have understood that at that point in time. You know, I mean, that's that's not my experience was sitting on my balcony and listening to everybody else in downtown Denver doing the nightly howl at eight o'clock p.m. And I I did it for like three nights. I thought. This is so desperately sad.
1: Uh, I used to go out, you know, Polis is as an asshole. Well, I think I did that once <laughs> or twice.
0: Yeah. Like, probably the last time I did it, I think I probably yelled that. Oh, we'd be yelling it out in the
1: forest. people <laughs> All over the forest yelling it. You know, Polis is an asshole. I was yelling it to
0: 2,000 people in downtown Denver. <laughs> yes, okay? I want it. I want credit for the balls that I had to do that. But of course, my front, my, my apartment door was locked and nobody knew where that yell was coming from. So anyway... <laughs> All, all fun aside, I mean, we, we can laugh about this now. Yeah. At the time, it wasn't so funny.
1: No, it wasn't. But to, to the point I was making, right, people are, at this point, people would be much more on point about that.
0: If it was done in the same way. Well, b- b- anything
1: now like that, I think people are well, much more- like, no. Okay, no. let's
0: let's 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 talk about something else then. That's that's let's talk about drag queens queen story hour. Yeah. And how if you do not allow your child to participate in drag queen story hour, you're obviously a homophobe. Yeah. <laughs> um yes. besides the fact that none of the gay people I know are actually drags. None or, of them, or, you know or, 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 or even
1: support this for children.
0: Or absolutely not support this. I wouldn't be friends with somebody who right. did support it for, for children. But my friends who are gay who are not Drag queens, you know, so and there are actually plenty of drag queens that are not gay. But why they have to twerk their junk in front of kindergartners, I think, is a question that we ought to be asking. And, and, and if you ask it, you are shut off.
1: You you are definitely punished by the government school system.
0: You're punished by the government school system. You're punished by those other folks within your community who uh, you know, say that, well, you don't support this, so we're going to cut you off. I mean, that is what social credit is. Yes. That is how that works. ESG. Yes. Let's talk about ESG. ESG is working on the exact same principles that if you do not support this, you do not get access to this product, this bank, this whatever. You have to support this. You have to support it with your funds and you have to support it morally or else we're just going to, you know if you, if you speak out against it, you're, you're going to be cut off. Right. So that's what I'm talking about. It's not that they're going to lock us in our apartments and make us wear masks again and make us get shots of questionable value or dangerous value. They're going to find other ways to implement this. And they are continuing to find ways to implement this in in ways that we're not expecting. So yeah, if they pulled the same bullshit that they pulled with COVID, then yeah, the entire country like, would be in down. arms.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it would be. We did this. It didn't work. You
0: wrecked so many things. So many people's lives. Go away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that is exactly what would happen. Yeah. But in the meantime, we've got a whole generation of children who spent two years inside learning on Zoom. Or not who, at all. Or not at all, which is not that much different than it would be if they had been in school, but you know. Or, or yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. But you know, I mean, we've, got, we've got all of this, and, and the, the problem that I see is that we have an, at least an, one entire generation who has been conditioned to, to accept this in whatever form it shows up in.
1: You see what I'm saying? No, I know exactly what you're saying. And, and actually, so and I've made this point, perhaps not in regard to this topic, okay. but in regard to other, other things, I've made this point for a long time, probably starting with millennials and younger, for whatever reason- there's a belief in authority that they will not lead you astray.
0: How does that happen?
1: I, 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 you know, I, I'm not quite sure. And I've had frank discussions with like millennials. Uh, it's really evident. This seems off topic. It is not, I hope. <laughs> but no, <laughs> we'll it's, really, it's really evident with student loan problems. Okay. Because these kids starting, especially with about millennials, right? Mm-hmm. We're told, well, you can't be successful if you don't go to college. Well, what kids a, have
0: been told that for ages and ages. I wasn't told that you weren't. No, i
1: no, Well, not. maybe it was my
0: generation that started yeah, well, it. Well,
1: maybe, but you know, yeah, we weren't told that. And if they told us that, we wouldn't have believed them, right? There was this great when I was that age, right? We're talking 1970s, getting out of high school, 1980, right? Yeah, there's this is great distrust of this of authority. It wasn't rebellion, it was okay, these people are telling you this. You have to decide for yourself. Don't just take what these people tell you face value. Right. That was kind of the view. Right. Right. And uh, somehow, at least millennials and younger, when they got told you have to go to college to be successful, they believe them. And and so many of them borrowed money, so much money.
0: Way too much money. To go
1: get college degrees. I'm not saying that college wasn't a good experience. I'm saying the degree has no value. I'm just saying there were other avenues they had to success without making Right. Other people rich, right, right, and, and they, yeah, they they just seem to believed it. Everybody, you know, uh, teachers and the guidance counselor. They also we have to go to college to be successful, and that's not a true statement, right? But to the point we're making, right? That just seems to have continued where children are just not showing the appropriate level of distrust to those who would abuse that trust.
0: That is the key. Yeah, that that right there. What you just said that is the absolute key. We don't question authority anymore. And that that became obviously manifestly obvious during the course of the the pandemic. But I, I think there's a huge segment of, of of society that not only not only won't question authority, but designates themselves designate themselves as arms of that authority to enforce it for them.
1: Yes, there are people who think unquestioning loyalty to authority is a virtue. Yes, it is not. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it not is not, <laughs> no. but there are people who genuinely believe that is a virtue and yeah, it, it absolutely is not. No. Right. Distrust. Yeah. Is, is not good. Mistrust is not good. Having a healthy degree of skepticism about people in a position to use you for their own ends is very good. Yeah. Right. Have a healthy degree of skepticism. About people who are trying to convince you to do something that is in their best interest, right? That is in their best interest. Their best interest, right? Yes. You yes. Seriously ask, is this in my best interest? Right. And, you know. Oh, you know, but that
0: makes you a, a denier. That makes you a, well, a conspiracy theorist. If you go uh, back yeah. to, you
1: know, like the Soviets, for example. Okay. A right? great example, Right. Well, of course, it's in your besters just do what we say because we're not throwing you in the gulag.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> well, you know, that's that's how that problem was solved. Not far off of what we've experienced, oh, which and, is why no, yeah. I, I,
1: exactly. And, and there are people, yeah, yeah. There were there were people more than willing to to do the bidding of Stalin and, right. and these other people, right? Right, because yeah, it gave them favor. I, I mean, uh, Mimesis wrote this, right? The, the guy who will go along with these systems. Together, and to gain the favor of the great man—be that Hitler or Stalin or Mussolini or whomever it is. Right? If right. I if I do what they want, I'll gain their favor, and they'll they'll reward me for gaining their favor. And I'll be on the inside. There's no yeah. virtue in that. There's no future in that.
0: There's there's no way that's true. Period. Yeah. It's you're never going to be on the inside. I had a an epiphany this week. I have been struggling. For one reason or another and and part of it has to do with this script, but this is a question that actually goes goes back much further. It may be the reason why I started writing in the first place. Why do people pursue power? It just at a basic question: why do they pursue power and I've been trying to figure that out. I think I came to a, an actual reason this week in, and it has to do with a difference in worldview and it it kind of explains in part the the problems that Republicans have versus versus leftists, conservatives versus, versus leftist, leftist progressives that I believing that freedom is a, is a fundamental virtue, right? It it is the fundamental virtue that, that, that ability to exercise your moral agency. This all ties back into social credit here in a second. Uh, So, so bear with me. Believing that freedom is, is, is that primary virtue. There are, there's a segment of society and we'll call them conservatives who believe that everybody is entitled to that freedom. There is a segment of society that believes that nobody can achieve that freedom as long as other people are out there free. And because those people will try to take away your freedom, so you have to take away theirs first. That's the leftist progressive view versus the conservative view that everybody deserves freedom and everybody can exercise it without impinging on others. That boils down to what happened during the pandemic, why they have a social credit system in China, why all of these control mechanisms exist. Yeah. I, I think that that's part of it. What say you? Uh, Am I off base? No,
1: I don't think you're off base. I, there's a particular cultural twist to it in China.
0: Okay. Permist on history. Sure. Um, I mean, there's, there's, there's cultural stuff, and I, I'm finding that my, my protagonist is actually Japanese, and there's a reason for that, because yeah. there's, there's a whole culture of you know, harmony and keeping harmony and making sure that you don't make other people lose face and all that kind of stuff. I want all that to be part of the story. Right. So this goes back
1: just real briefly. Okay. Early 19th century Chinese resistance to being colonized by Europe, especially Britain. Okay. And uh, it ties into the American Revolution, actually.
0: <laughs> okay. And, and tea,
1: <laughs> right? The, the tea party, Boston Tea Party. But the uh, East India Company mm-hmm. started making considerably less profit off tea than they had previously. Okay. And so they were basically given a monopoly on the tea market. Okay. Probably uh, 1790s, maybe. British East India Company found uh, exporting opium into China from other <laughs> South Asia countries was highly lucrative. Okay. And China fought this for a long time and ultimately culminated what we know as the opium wars. And China lost and Britain won and Britain continued to pump large amounts of opium into China. And eventually, uh, Chinese society basically kind of collapsed and China to a large degree, was colonized by Europeans, especially the coastal cities. Mm -hmm. And that's how you get Hong Kong, Macau, and all these places, right? There were various rebellions, Boxer Rebellion is probably the most famous, right? Till yeah, China, the uh, empire, imperial China, the monarchy just collapsed. Okay. Right? And, you know, these republics, Chiang Kai-shek, and Mao with communism, and you looked at, you know, almost 40 years of civil war, and then, in the middle of that forty years of civil war, you had fifteen wars, fifteen years war Japan because Japan invaded. So you had the Chiang Kai Shek and the Nationalists. Right. Uh, there's the word again, fighting uh, <laughs> Mao and the Communists who were fighting, and they were all fighting the Japanese, and it was just was hell. Sure, right? I mean, World War II. There were probably twenty to twenty five million Chinese who were killed. Right. So the Chinese Communists look at this and go, okay. We can't do that again. Right. Right. And so that's a great impetus for being able to sell these controls on people. Sure. Right. You look at that 150 years of chaos and hell in China and, and the Chinese communists go, we fix that. Okay. Right now they fix that with mass murder and right, right. Mass starvation, but they fixed it. Right. Right. And, and that's kind of their claim to Legitimacy? why we're entitled to do this. Okay. Right. That that would be a harder sell in the United States. All right. In the United States, you would have to approach it very differently, I think. Sure. Right. You're I'm gonna sure. have to. I, I mean, how much more progress the progressives can make on selling these ideas, I think, is questionable. All right. If everybody who everybody who believes this is okay now, it's probably entirely possible the sum total of people will ever believe it's okay. Like they're gonna have a hard time selling it to more people.
0: I, I would have in 1999, I would have said, you're absolutely right. In 2001 whenever they passed the homeland security act I would have said whoops in 2020 I again said whoops you know I I I never would believe Given a good enough sob story and a piece of candy, you can leave people <laughs> anywhere, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. You frighten people enough. And I, I think really the fear is the, is the key to this whole thing. So in China, the history that you just accounted to us, there was a fear of going back into that chaos of, it, of all those people, all those wars, you yes, know, having, chaos. having that absolute. Societal all those people died. All those people starred. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, so, so there's a there's an innate fear within the culture of it's recent enough to be to remembered. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So we have fear stories here. Yes. We have the same kind of fear stories. They they they're not the same narrative. It's not you know a 150 years of war. Um, right. You know, with Canada, where Canada killed you know 25 million Americans. That's that's not the case. But what we've you know, the 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 fear stories that we've told are terrorism, fear stories we've told right. are pandemic, right. fear stories we're telling now or they're telling now or white supremacy is the gravest, gravest threat to. Yeah,
1: uh, I don't see a lot of people buying into that argument.
0: I did, well, not on our side, for sure, because I think and, it's stupid. And not, but, the,
1: and not people in the middle either. I, I mean, I just don't see that as I mean, the basic I mean, really, I mean, the progressives have a lot of challenges. Right. Okay. One of those challenges, seriously. Right. I'm like China. Right. Americans tend to have the attention span of a gnat. True. Right. We we don't focus on anything Very very long. Very true. And so trying to sell this, we have to stop the chaos of yeah, yeah. I mean, people got really scared. And I'll be frank, we got played by China with COVID. Yeah. All right. If you recall, late 2019, when COVID, most people became aware of it. In China, we saw those videos, people falling over dead at the train station, guys in hazmat suits picking up bodies off the street, right? We right. all know now that's not what COVID is, was, or ever was. No. Right? So we got played by China. Big time. And China infused this fear into the United States. And the United States absolutely overreacted in an absolutely irrational way to to what we saw on TV. Did China infuse the fear or did Fauci infuse the fear? China infused the fear.
0: China played us. Now, Fauci may have gotten played. Right. I think Fauci was playing. Well, I don't think he I don't think he got played. I think he saw an opportunity to take a ton of power that he never would have had. otherwise. Yeah, maybe.
1: But regardless, China played us. Right. China yeah. put out videos that were we look back now. we do those. That's just not what COVID was. Right. COVID is not people falling over dead at the train station. No. Right. So, yeah, we, we got played by China and people were generally afraid. I mean, I remember right after this started. The whole COVID thing in the United States. Going to get gas in my car, and they're telling you the little information thing. You know, they have little commercials. Go mm-hmm. inside, buy a Slurpee, whatever it is, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, the little informational thing: how to safely touch the uh, keypad of the gas pump, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because so you don't get COVID off the
0: off the keypad, keypad right? right? Right.
1: Yeah, and and remember, people were disinfecting the groceries.
0: Yes. You know, yes. And it's like none well, they of that. were they were taking stuff into the library and letting it sit for seven days so yes. that the germs died before they put stuff back on the. Yes. Stacks, you know?
1: Yes. We, we know now none of that is what COVID was. Um, and it's not that COVID's not real. It is. It's not that COVID didn't kill people. It, it did. Right. But all those things is not, that's not what COVID is, was or ever was. Right. Right. But we reacted like as a country. Right. They got people. They got but,
0: people scared. They did. They but, got people scared, and then then here's but, what. But but the more you do that, the
1: less likely it is to work the next time,
0: right? Because you're gonna that lose that same fear. You're gonna lose absolutely. Some,
1: you're gonna lose some. But but every time you do these things, you lose some marginal number of people. Until you, you, you lose th- that critical mass.
0: You think that each time you do one of these things, that, that there's a certain number of people who, quote unquote, wake up and say, yeah, I'm going right. to question everything that's yeah, coming that's out bullshit. of this administration. Yeah, that,
1: yeah, the last three of these were bullshit. I'm not doing it this time. Oh, right, right. 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 I think every time, you, yeah, you probably increase that number of people. I hope so. It, no, I think that's probably I hope so. solid logic. It, it's supportable, <laughs> well, right? There's your
0: problem. You're dealing well, well, with logic in right? the American electorate. Yeah. That's That's not, those two things do not <laughs> no, go together. No. Uh, <laughs> but
1: yeah. I, I mean, how many people now are just like, whatever it is, doesn't when matter. When it comes
0: to a health scare, yes, I 100% agree well, with you. Well, but I, I, what I'm saying is, is they will make up some other fear. They will make up some other fear to threaten us with. And, and then they will give us another set of irrational choices to soothe ourselves. Irrational rituals really is what they are (laughs) to to soothe ourselves so that, you know, we can, we can control that fear the same way that washing your hands for three minutes and disinfecting absolutely everything that you came in touch with and wearing a diaper on your face.
1: Sorry, wipe the gas keypad off.
0: Wipe the keypad off, you know, and make sure that that nobody, make sure you can't do your laundry because that's really important. You know, it's, it's, they'll give us a, whole set of, of rituals to soothe that fear. It's a psychological circle that is easily exploited and has been several times. It, it has been the, the environmental movement. is That's everything that the environmental movement is about, is here's a fear. Here's how you can control it by buying an electric vehicle, by, you know, it, uh, making sure that it's you know, making sure basically at the at the bottom line, as we've said many times before, making sure that all of your wealth is transferred to the top one percent. But right. you know, pay us money and the fear will go away. No, no, Televangelists work on the same yeah. goddamn principle.
1: No, that's exactly it. Yeah, <laughs> send me a check and I will pray for your glaucoma.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah no, you no, will be it, exactly it's, what it is. It's not. It's not a novel way to control a population. It, it's just absolutely not. They'll come up with something else to do it. And the rituals, the way that they're going to, I think that this will be implemented going forward is the rituals will tie into that social credit system. That if you're not performing the rituals, you are singularly responsible for the downfall and ca- catastrophic end of society. Yeah. And so you, yeah, that's, I know. That's me. <laughs> you and me both. Um <laughs> And and so that's how they get people to buy into policing their neighbors and making sure that, you know, all this stuff happens and, and, and you know, and basically snitching on people. That's how it happened in 1938 Berlin. The, the, well, you know, I mean, come on. Yeah. Right? I,
1: I, and so here's and I understand completely what you're saying, and I don't doubt these people would love to implement that. Right. OK. It would be very hard to implement that without. Pretty close to total government control. That's right. their
0: it, objective. <laughs> no, it, is it not? Is what? That's their objective. Is no, it, it not? No, it is their
1: objective. I just don't think they can reach that objective.
0: Well, well, I'm you glad know, you're I, so optimistic. I, I, I really
1: don't. Because I don't think, you know, as we're talking, even these younger Americans who are, you know. much Still less, wearing masks. Much less questioning of authority than, say, people my age were.
0: Right. We're going to die at some point in time. Yes. But
1: even those people are going to figure out there's the rewards are not sufficient for what they're asked to do because they are being asked to do ever more, forever less. Right. Okay. <laughs> There's a diminishing return here to this obedience. Right. And so the, the return, the return,
0: the return is understanding that you I'm armchair psychologizing here. I, I totally get that. But yeah. I think the return is that you are not the, the missing link. You're not the, the, the one who's responsible for the catastrophic end of society. That's that other guy, that Republican who's sitting over there who voted for the wrong person. You know, he's obviously the reason why all of this happened. Again, I'm, I'm not saying that they're going to pull the same bullshit twice. Yeah. No, they're going to come I know, up with no, some I, I, different I, I, bullshit yeah, to shovel.
1: And no, I totally understand that, right? But I think so many people realize what a scam. The whole COVID thing was. And again, not the COVID's not real, but the whole reaction to it, 90% of that reaction was bullshit.
0: Do they realize what a scam the uh, Department of Homeland Security was in the Patriot Act? Do they realize that?
1: I think a lot of people realize that.
0: I think a lot of people maybe on our side of the aisle do, but I don't think, I don't know about that do people understand that this is the exact same mechanism that Hitler used in 1938 Berlin before Kristallnacht to make sure that, you know, everybody was against the Jews and, and to get basically an entire German population on board with exterminating an entire race of people, you know, this is, this is, it's the same mechanism. It's, it's, it's written in different, you know, in different font sizes, but it's, it's the same mechanism.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it is. I, I just think, uh,
0: I don't think it's going to be any harder to do it than in the future than it was in the past.
1: I think...
0: We're not getting any smarter, Keith.
1: <laughs> At <least> we're not <laughs> Right? <laughs> my sense is that window is closing for them.
0: Right? Okay.
1: Okay? I, my sense, I sure like to think that. My <laughs> sense is that... I mean, look, here's what... We have been living in unreality and an ever-increasing unreality for 30 years. Okay is just continued to amp up, amp up and amp up and amp up and amp up until there's just complete societal insanity. Okay. Um, the solution to that has always been pain. Pain? Pain. Okay. Pain. P-A-I-N. Pain.
0: Okay. Right?
1: Pain returns people to reality. I mean, just historically, it's just always been true. I mean, we've talked before at length, right? The New Deal in the 1930s, how insane that was. People look back. To go, oh, it got you Social Security and blah, blah, blah. But 99% of the New Deal, they have no idea even existed. Right. Right? The right. D- but it's
0: still taught in in high school social studies as if it was the saving grace. And- I know.
1: And we repealed 99% of the New Deal because it was just insane. Right? Right. And, and it caused – but it was the pain of that in, in World War II that brought us out of that bout of insanity. Right. I mean, if you go back and look at the 1850s and the issue of slavery mm-hmm. and everything going on to go, that was absolutely insane. People actually said, believed things that were just crazy. Right. Right. And it, it led to incredible pain. Right. I mean, so yeah, I mean, we do this on a regularly scheduled basis. Yeah. In this country, right? Yeah. <laughs> but every 80 years we go absolutely insane. And there's some pain that returns us to reality. You I think. Mean, I mean, that's well. You know that's that's just
0: been the pattern of this country, so have you read the fourth turning? Oh, yeah, of course, I would be shocked if you hadn't read it yeah. <laughs> and in, the fourth turning basically is a is a very long you know hundred and two hundred some odd pages way to say good times make soft men, soft men make hard times, hard times make hard men, hard men make good times, yeah,
1: I, I mean the premise of the fourth turning is this: history is not linear, it is cyclical, right, that is the premise. Right, and, right. Which and is it goes on I,
0: about an 80-year cycle. That's
1: right, which is yeah, pretty much what I, I just explained, right? Right, right Yeah, right. and the whole idea is you have a generation that suffers this pain, yeah, and they will repair this pain because reality has intervened in their lives, which is what the pain is. Reality yeah. does, the yeah. The next generation, they're a little more removed. They don't remember the pain. They just got a second hand.
0: Right, right? from their parents. And then their children, right, their
1: grandparents went through the pain. Right. Right. And they they are a little less removed. They're a little more open to embracing unreality. And then, yeah, the whole idea is to the fourth generation. They didn't even know the people who who fixed and suffered the pain. Right. That's just a story to them. And they get in their minds this that they totally embrace unreality. They get in their minds. They know better than everybody who came before them. And they generate an enormous amount of pain. Sure. That the people will then fix and the cycle starts all uh, and, over again. No, yeah, I mean, that's the well, fourth, That's the idea of the fourth
0: turning. And then, and then there's, there's a, a very interpersonal aspect to this, and that the parents who went through the hard times tried to make their children's lives easier than theirs were. Oh, yes. I mean, it's the best of intentions. It truly is. Yes. And so that's where we get participation trophies and we get all of this bullshit. You know, Gen X didn't have to deal with this, but the millennials, you know, in Gen X, we were actually forgotten about, you know, and, oh, you're offended? I don't care. You know, I mean, that's kind of how Gen X views the world. Right, right. And then, you know, so I guess certain ones of us, now I don't have kids, so I can't speak to this firsthand, but, you know, just kind of watching... My friends and, and you know, my cohort have kids and now grandkids, you know, watching, okay, we don't, you know, that that was a painful experience for me. I don't want my kids to have to go through that. And so, you know, we try to make things easier for them. And then, you know, that, I mean, it's just, it's just the way the cycle works is, is really parents trying to, to trying to answer for, not answer for, to um, alleviate the, the suffering that they feel like they went through when they were kids. Right.
1: No, you know, and- it's exactly what it is. Yeah. And it's it's true. It's true of me.
0: Okay. Right. I mean, yeah,
1: my parents went through the Great Depression. They're born at the start of the Depression. And, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they absolutely did not want their children to.
0: To suffer that.
1: uh, Experience. Right. Yeah. My parents, my parents grew up in the United States in the 1930s and most of the 40s in a mule powered world.
0: Wow.
1: Right. Right. Not automobiles, but mules. Right. Farmed with mules. Behind mules, right? right? Stood behind a mule with a plow and farmed. You had mules and a wagon, wagon and team. That that was your transportation.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, my parents, so my parents did not get electricity, plumbing, heating, or telephones until my mom went to college and my dad got drafted. Okay. Right? Army barracks were an upgrade in creature comforts. For my father.
0: Okay. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's saying a lot. No, no, yeah. That's saying a
1: lot. Right. But, but yeah, exactly. They were, yeah, they, they were very intent on yeah their children, not living like that. Sure. Right. I mean, yeah, they were in the whole generation after world war two. Right. That were very intent. They had lived through the depression. World war two. Right. right. They were intent that their children were not going to have to do that.
0: That's where we got the children of the 50s and the 60s. It, it, well, yeah. yeah, that's
1: right. And that's where yeah, by the 1960s. Yes. Yeah, where do you get hippies from? Yep, <laughs> That's exactly where you get it from. Exactly. Right. They, exactly. They, yeah. They thought and, and just to, to make sense of it. Right. Those people came to believe that they were past war. And past depression, sure, right. That these things were no longer possibilities on the table per se, right. So they could behave in ways that were more idealistic. And they had the less,
0: luxury of idealism. Yes, they yeah. had the
1: luxury of idealism, whereas their parents had yeah. didn't have necessarily the luxury of food, right? <laughs> right. I mean, right. Seriously. Right. Right. So yeah, I mean that's that's kind of where that comes from.
0: I I agree. Yeah, I agree. Like my one criticism of the fourth turning and and this is just because i'm a cynic is yes, I see the cycles, but I wonder if they're a downward spiral. What I mean when I say that is with the advent of nihilism with with some of the you know the the post germanic the the philosophies that have come out of of you know old dead german guys and and you know that kind of thing with the explosion regardless of how it eventually turned out in each of these countries, but the explosion of communism right. all over the globe, um, which is, is not a feature of the generations prior to, you know, 1850s or so, that those things pollute the cycle and are making future cycles worse and Maybe. worse.
1: So let me let me just suggest this. What what makes OK? American exceptionalism, Right. <laughs>
0: You're kay. not gonna let me forget that episode. Are <laughs> no, no, you? But, but
1: but you know, so here's the thing. If you look at these countries, monarchies, communism, mm-hmm. Nazism, fascism, whatever. Okay. Those systems generally have no self-correcting mechanism other than violence.
0: Does ours still retain that yes, self-correcting we mechanism?
1: Do. We do. We still the fact have that. that I have
0: to even ask that question, yeah, but, I think, is dangerous. No, but
1: we we still have that mechanism. We still self self correct without violence, right? That's, and of course, that's the beauty of the whole American system. Now, at the same time, most of the time we have self corrected has involved enormous amounts of violence, right? Right. <laughs> so it's not that there won't be violence, but we don't have to overthrow the existing regime, right? Okay. I mean, if you're Lenin, you gotta. Overthrow Kerensky, who had to overthrow Nicholas II. Sure. Yeah, that's just w- what it was. There was there right? was no way there, to, was no, there was no peaceful exchange. There was, of power. That's right. There was no other path. Right. Right. And we have other paths. And our paths are completely premised on really being able to convince our neighbor to be decent people. Right. I mean, that's, that's our entire
0: path to to okay. sanity. Right. <laughs> right. And I, so I mean, when you're being told that being a quote unquote decent person involves you doing these eight things that are required by the progressive left agenda. And if you don't, then you're not a decent person. You really shouldn't be allowed to vote. And so I'm going to make sure that, you know, you don't, you know, whatever. So
1: I think people who actually believe that are pretty rare. They just happen to gravitate to certain fields like government, law, and education, and the media, right? I mean, those are not the normal neighbors you have.
0: Okay. Right? I'm, I'm thinking, the reason why I'm thinking about, I think that there are neighbors, neighborhoods that I've lived in that are like that. Sure, there Neighbor, are. Neighborhoods where you have that hate doesn't live here sign oh, yeah. on the front lawn of yeah. every single house on the freaking block except mine. Yes. Because I know it's just virtue signaling and they, they haven't figured that out yet. Yes. And And so therefore, I am and a white just, supremacist because I don't have the sign. And
1: not just virtue signaling, but it's like putting a flashing neon sign over your house that we're really insecure people. <laughs> I mean, honestly. How is that any different from
0: virtue signaling? Well, well, you know, it's just true, right?
1: It's just, yeah, it's like, you have to put a sign out there to say it. Is that because your life does not exhibit it?
0: That (laughs) would be my experience, but uh, I'm not going to pass judgment on my neighbors. Yeah, if you
1: wear something in your heart, you probably don't need to wear it on your sleeve.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a really good point. I like that. But I guess I, I worry about many things because that's what I do. I worry about this generation as, you know, as we were talking earlier, they've gone through this, the authority will keep you safe. Some of them woke up. I'm not going to say that some of them didn't wake up, but I would say that the vast majority, vast majority of them did not. I still see these young kids in, I'll go through a drive-through here in Cheyenne, in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Yeah. I'll go through a drive through and there'll be some kid who's like maybe 20 wearing a freaking mask. I know. It's
1: 2023.
0: I know. It I, just blows I, my
1: mind. I, I, know. I know. Somebody was telling me the other day they were outside in the rain. Okay. And uh, it's been raining a lot through here, and yes. an abnormally large amount for where we live. And uh, they were outside in the rain, uh, some event, there was a food truck there. And they were lying in the food truck outside in the rain wearing a mask. And it it's blows like, my yeah, exactly. I,
0: it just blows so, my freaking mind. And so, so that's what I worry so, about. So, is,
1: so I wonder if that's just not their little act of rebellion.
0: It's not very
1: rebellious. Well, but it is against people like you and I.
0: <laughs> okay. I, mean, I just but wonder we don't,
1: if, I, if, if they're not wearing it because of COVID whatsoever. They're just wearing it because they think it annoys I'm, other people.
0: Okay. Well, that may be, I mean, it's like getting a tattoo was at some point in time and only now everybody's got them. So, (laughs) so no, that now you wear a mask instead to piss off people. I maybe, Um, Maybe I but I don't I don't get it. The only other thing I can think is that maybe they got acne real bad underneath the mask because that was a thing that like, you know, sitting there breathing your own CO2 and your own water vapor for so long that that a lot of people got acne around their mouths. And so maybe that's why they're wearing it. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say it's acne. Um, but, you know, it just it, it bothers me. I, I guess that's what I'm saying is that I think the cycle has been polluted. The generations have been polluted. So this is this fourth turning. We're in the fourth turning. Yeah, point. we are.
1: We absolutely are. These
0: these should be the kids who are hard this is, men.
1: This is winter.
0: Winter has come. I'm winter re-watching. has
1: come. That's right.
0: I'm rewatching Game of Thrones. That's pretty awesome.
1: The idea of, of the fourth turning, right? Yeah. Spring, summer, fall, winter. We are in winter. Absolutely. We are in the process of killing off the week. Not literally, but morally, intellectually, right, right. You can't as far afford as to be weak anymore. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You're just not going to listen to the weak anymore, you, you right? Can't, because right. the pain is coming, right, right. And and, and the pain comes, people, uh, people look to the strong. People look to people who can withstand right. the pain and lead you out of the pain and inspire others to follow them out of the pain.
0: And so that's going to be not the millennials, but Generation Z, Generation Alpha which hasn't been officially named yet, but you know, that's the, the kids who are like three and four right now, you know, that's, that's these generations, these two generations that are supposed to, and there's some, some hope. I do see some hope in, in Gen Z, not so much in millennials. They're useless, but.
1: (laughs) They are not useless. I know many, many fine millennials.
0: I know many fine millennials, some whom listen to this podcast, I'm sure. (laughs) So you're not. One of the ones I was talking about. No, but the 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 Gen Z and the Gen Alpha, you know, maybe they're the hard men who are gonna who are gonna create this. But I I I have my doubts right now. And I have a significant amount of fear around what the government is gonna come up with next, what the left leftist progressives, let's be let me be very particular about that, are gonna come up with next to create that fear, to prescribe that ritual, to implement. You know these these measures that you know you have to comply with these things, or you are singularly responsible for the destruction of human society. And you know, I I guess how it all turns out remains to be seen. For a script, it's really fun, you know. I, But it, that's just on paper, and I get to play with that all I want, and the good guy always wins in the end. So yeah.
1: you know. Well, we're on this. I think this is an important point. Okay, I'm gonna defend millennials and those who are younger. <laughs> okay. okay. Because those younger people, millennials and younger, look at people, Gen X boomers, and go, you guys ripped us off. And specifically, you guys ripped us off on monetary policy. Okay. You guys, for years, kept interest rates distorted below the market rate. And that inflated assets, right? They gave things like the carry trade. People beat trillions of dollars in carry trade for doing nothing, moving money from point A to point B. Sure. Okay? And we paid for it. Because they're looking going, we can't afford a house. Right. Right. That that asset's been inflated out of sight and now I cannot buy a house. I I can't afford rent. I mean, I, I'm shocked. I mean, I have not rented in decades, but I am shocked at what people are paying for rent. It's insane. I I talked to somebody that's not going to told me they're paying 3,200 a month to live in Golden, (laughs) 3,200 a month to rent an apartment in Golden.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think my old apartment right now is going for 27, 28. Yeah. And it, it wasn't that when I moved out, but yeah, I, no, no, I think no. that's I, where I mean, it is it's, at it's, least there yeah, now. Yeah, it's
1: insane. Yeah. I mean it's absolutely I mean I truly have feel for those people. I, I mean I, I really do. This is so unfair. I do too. And because for for to 20 years, right, we had a monetary policy that distorted the free market and it, it just had horrible effects. And those horrible effects are not just financial, those horrible effects are social. Because yeah. those people felt they got ripped off and people my age your age unfairly gained. And, and the reality is we did not fairly gain. And even if it was, and I've opposed this since day one, right? It doesn't get me off the hook. I still unfairly gained from this system, though I opposed it, right? Because- are you
0: saying you had monetary policy privilege? I guess so, <laughs> okay. but, but you know, just by the
1: fact I owned these assets, right? I unfairly. Well, what were you
0: supposed to do? Say oh, no. Well, there's a generation coming no, after no, no, us. No no, I mean, no, no, no,
1: no. Uh, it's on. not. It's not. No, I'm not saying I'm at fault for it. Okay. What I'm saying is I am fairly gained because of this policy. Okay. And even though I oppose that policy, and I try to vote for people who oppose that policy, right? Right. That still was the policy for 20 years. And uh, no, and these people do have, they have very legitimate gripes, right? They, they really do because okay. not a lot of people who are Gen X and boomers are going, yeah, we have fairly made out. That wasn't really right. Not A lot of people have made that statement enough.
0: <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> oh, for <laughs> Christ's sake. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to a culpa for something I was never consulted on. I can grant, I can totally no, you, say that. No, no, I'm not you were to... never
1: consulted on it, but nonetheless, right? From their point of view. Nobody had the guts to repeal and get rid of those ideas. Fine. Right? Have a
0: problem? Have a problem with the fucking politicians? I can tell you that the entire generation of people was not responsible. Well, I, it's just absolutely not. And the politicians who were putting that into effect were from boomers and before. Well, no, not no. No.
1: The not, silent
0: no. generation, those were the ones who were in power at that point in time. And no, they were no. the ones who were making those decisions. It no, wasn't it, Gen it, X. It was, it was, I was 25.
1: No, it was it was uh, I mean, it really started in earnest in 2001. OK, and it I was, was 30. Yeah, but it was, you know, it was Bush, Obama, Trump. Right. I mean, really? Right. That that did that. And that's I mean, that's on us. Right. We're the people who were driving the ideas of voting and all that. All I'm saying is we need to understand they they have legitimate gripes because they, they got ripped off by government policy. And the part about it I don't understand is. They got ripped off by government policy. Why they don't support taking that power away from government rather than that would turning, be my question. Rather than turning that government policy to their advantage? That's that's, that's reparations,
0: baby. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's basically what it boils down to, isn't it? In a lot of ways, that is right because, yeah.
1: And we talked about racism in that guy, that video. Yeah, that I'm video, not
0: referring no, no, that, Just to be clear, no, I'm not referring in any way no, to no, racism. But, but
1: that video, right? The guy goes, well, it needs to stop with us. Yeah. Right? And this is the problem is, yeah, it needs to stop with some generation. You can't just keep twisting government policy around to advantage yourself and disadvantage other people, even though those other people you're disadvantaging may not even be born yet.
0: Right? <laughs> so, what'll happen? What, what? realistically, that's not going to happen. And you know that. and I, know oh, that. I, I, I don't know that. I don't, I don't think that's, that would require a sea change in culture I, that has absolutely no nascence in our current culture right now. No. I, I don't think it has any.
1: Oh, but so, and I, I disagree because I think that's actually what Jerome Powell's doing right now. I think Jerome Powell is fil- killing the federal put, the Fed put.
0: Okay. Right?
1: I mean, that, that was really responsible for so much of this. Right, I mean, I think he he really is doing that, and you know, if that's what he turns out in retrospect that that's really what he has been doing. Hats off to the guy.
0: Okay, well, right? but yeah, I I'm gonna leave that all alone because I am not an expert in monetary policy. I certainly don't know even one ninetieth of what you know, and uh, I I know. Accounting. I don't know finance. <laughs> I, I I can speak accounting from here to next year, but it's not going to get me very far in this conversation. <laughs> so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave that one alone. My my cynicism tells me that anybody who's in power right now, even if they're doing good things for the economy, good in the long term, yes. good in the long term, always means pain in the short term, and they're going to blame the Republicans, which means that this group of Voters that are coming up are not going to look at the Republicans and say, you're the ones who are going to continue this policy. They're absolutely not going to say that. If yeah, they vote I, for the liberals, the liberals are going to be there. The, the leftists are going to be the ones who continue to put pain into the economy so that they can blame Republicans, or they'll take credit for everything good that happens and totally put us in the shitter. So I I don't see how this gets any better. I, I just, I don't see a scenario where this gets any better until- reality comes and slaps us in the face. It will slap us. And it will.
1: It will. It uh, will eventually
0: slap us it in the will. face.
1: And people will go, oh, this is what reality looks like. We forgot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, Gen, you know, millennials and Gen Z and, and Gen Alpha, you know, at that point, then they become hard men. And then they They figure out what needs to be done and they do it because they have to in order to survive. But in the meantime, I just don't see a lot of... I don't see changes just spontaneously happening. They're only going to happen in response to pain and reality slapping them in the face. That's... I really think that's the only way it happens. I think there are actually
1: people who do try and do the right thing and sometimes they
0: succeed. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes for a few years. Yeah. And then they're pushed out of the system. They're pushed out of office. They're pushed away from doing anything good. And we're back where we were. (laughs) And this is why
1: I am more optimistic than you. This
0: is true. This is very
1: true. (laughs)
0: Well, I hope you all enjoyed this conversation. If you did, please hit subscribe and like and give us a review, if you would, on, on iTunes or Spotify or wherever it is that you listen to cowgirls and Indians and tell your friends about us because we're awesome. No, tell your friends about us because we talk about interesting things. We talk about and try to dismantle and understand the leftist progressive agenda in a way that everybody can do something with it so so there you go Keith it's been a wonderful conversation thank you thank you